listening to the official podcast of Oasis Community Church, where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything's possible. If you'd like to learn more about Oasis, request prayer, or get in touch with a pastor, visit our website at oasischurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Today's sermon is titled Heart and Soul, and it's from, it was taken from the psalm that we read at the call to worship, Psalm 19 which first talks about creation and then talks about the law, about Torah. And so I suggested that we should, we should title the sermon Creation and Covenant. But, but the, the group kind of said, oh, well, what can people connect a little better to besides creation and covenant? And I said, well, what about body and soul? Because we want to embody this faith. This is what these texts are talking about. And we landed on heart and soul because it's an expression in our culture that means my whole self right? My heart and soul is kind of dedicated to this, this endeavor that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work on. So as we, as we say a lot around here, Jesus is the ultimate uh, revelation of who God is. Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus is the truest and fullest uh, we will ever know of who God is. But Jesus isn't the only revelation, of who God is, we also have, according to the psalmist, creation. And we also have um, the Torah or the scriptures. So I found it uh, incredibly interesting and somewhat confusing the way the psalmist said it. So I know we, we read this earlier in the call to worship, but I just wanted to point out a few things in this psalm. The heavens are telling the glory of God and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. At that point, I'm still with the Psalter. I know exactly what's going on. I love nature. I like being out there. I find, you know, God there. I'm an Emerson kind of Thoreau kind of guy. And I like it all. Give me the mountains and the beaches. Give me the desert and the forest. But then he says this. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night declares knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Now, Wait a minute, this, this sounds like a sophomore, right, who doesn't, hasn't learned how to write yet. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night declares knowledge. There is no speech, and, and there are, and nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Yet, their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In the heavens he has set a tent for the sun." It's, it's, uh, it's almost like a riddle, right? Ne- creation, nature, is constantly speaking about God with every word it has to say, even though it never actually says a word. <laughs> but we hear it. We feel it. In our heart and soul, we, we experience kind of existentially the presence of God in the beauty of a sunrise or a sunset in the tranquility of a waterfall, in the kind of the constant sound of the beating of the ocean. I so love the sound of the ocean that every single night I sleep to that sound. I'm like, I speak to my Amazon Echo, Alexa, play nature sounds. And she plays it for me. I sleep to it every night. I love it. And so if you are at all like me, you too have had some of those experiences you've realized that there are real and kind of tangible and meaningful ways 
in which God is being revealed through God's creation. This is what the Psalter, the psalmist, is talking about. But then it shifts in verse 7, and he says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are sure, making the wise simple. And, of course, we believe this to be true as well. Um, The ancients, uh, whether the early church and also in the medieval church, they would talk about the two books of God. The two books of God, the two kind of revelations of God there, are the book of nature, God is revealed in nature, and the book of scripture, that God is revealed in scripture. And this psalm kind of speaks to that reality. There, if you uh, are reading the worship companion, if you don't have a copy of it, you can scan it with your phone on the screen outside. There's also a copy you can get it, and then it's on the website. And for those of you who are attending the live stream, the um, worship companion is there. Just click on it. Now, <clears throat> the Old Testament passage for today, which we didn't read, is a passage from Nehemiah. So Nehemiah was the governor, and this is at a time where the Jews have returned from the exile in Babylon. Finally, they've been delivered, and they've kind of come home. But not everything is great, right? They're trying to figure it out. They're kind of rebuilding the city. And Ezra, the priest, gets up, and he kind of, he's going to read from Scripture, And it says he gets up early in the morning and he has everyone stand. You don't have to stand right now. He has everyone stand and he reads to midday. I want you to think about that. So if any of you ever thought we read a lot of text around here, we're not starting at 6 a.m. and reading till noon. It did say when he was done, they all wept. (laughs) You can fill in the blanks there, right? (laughs) Yeah. That they were filled with sorrow and they wept. And I'm like, well, at least one of the things they're upset about is their feet are probably hurting having stood there for 12 hours or six hours and having listened for that long. But there's something else that it says there. And this, this too, this is kind of like the psalmist. It's, it's, um, it's so ironic. I can't quite put my head around it. So on the one hand, it says this. The priest Ezra brought the law before the assembly, both men and women, and all who could hear with understanding. And it says that a couple of times, that he's, he's reading to people who can understand. But then at a later point, it says this. It says, um, so, they read, so they read from the book of the law of God with interpretation. So on the one hand, we're told that these people are supposed to understand. And you, you all look incredibly intelligent and well-versed in Scripture just by the look of you. But yet, it says, even though that these people had understanding, that Ezra had to offer an interpretation so that they could understand it. Now, some historical scholars believe that this is because that Ezra is reading from a Hebrew text, and they're no longer speaking Hebrew. Like, they've already shifted to Aramaic. So imagine if the only copy of your scriptures were in a language that you didn't read. That would be tough. And that has happened Not just at that point, but it happened at other points. And so at times, the scriptures will be translated into new languages that we do speak, right? There was a time that access to the scriptures was mostly in Latin, but not everybody read Latin, and so they started to translate it into German and English and what have you. And there was a time it was written in Hebrew, but not everybody read Hebrew, so they translated it first into Aramaic and then into Greek. It's just kind of a natural phenomenon. So maybe that's what's happening, but I think it's more than that. I think it's... It's the need for interpretation. 
So the gospel passage for today, which John read for us, is that kind of famous passage from Luke chapter 4. Jesus comes to the synagogue in Nazareth, and he's given the scroll of Isaiah. So it's interesting, right? It's not like he just walked over and picked up the scroll of Isaiah. He was given the scroll of Isaiah. So even in the Jewish synagogue, they had a similar practice that we have, kind of following a lectionary. There are certain texts for certain days. And so the text for him, it was given to him, right? And he, he rolls it open to the point where it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, right? To, to, he's anointed me to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, to proclaim the, the year of the Lord's liberty. And then he rolls it back up and he gives it to the attendant and he takes the kind of the seat of teaching, the seat of honor. And so now he's going to offer an interpretation of that. And he does interpret it. He says this, ta-da! <laughs> that's, not, that's not a direct quote of what he said. That was an interpretation. But he says, today this is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, this prophecy that Isaiah spoke of is being realized right here. I'm the one. I'm the one on who the Spirit would be pointed out. I'm the anointed one, right? The, the Christ, the Messiah. That's what he's saying. I'm the one who has come to bind up the brokenhearted, to give sight to the bind, to heal the sick, to, to release the captive. Now, <clears throat> the, the text moves on and says other things, but the lectionary ends there today. And part of what I think is this. The way, the, the way in which these texts get connected is like, Ezra needs to interpret so that people can understand. That text from Isaiah that Jesus read, people were familiar with it, but they weren't quite sure what to do with it. For them, it was just a hope, an expectation, but it was somewhat ambiguous. At some point in the future, God will come and deliver. That's their hope. But this is not an ambiguous hope for Jesus. This is a very particular, realized hope. Because it's realized in him. He interprets that text and says, today this is fulfilled. Ezra interprets the text. But it says this in the psalm as well, because it talks about creation, then it talks about the Torah. But then it says, but how am I supposed to interpret it, right? How am I supposed to catch my own errors? It is difficult, and we all know this, although we don't always admit it, it is difficult to see our own faults. If I saw my own faults, maybe I would address them, right? Like when you're, when you're writing, that's, it's, it's almost impossible to proofread your own work because you're kind of filling in the blanks in your head. You need someone else to look at it. And the same thing goes with our interpretation of Scripture, right? We need or our interpretation of nature, for that matter. Our interpretation of what it is we think God wants us to do or who we think God wants us to be. We need others' eyes, other ears, other hearts, other bodies to help us interpret. Because again, as the psalmist said, how am I supposed to check my own errors? So each of these texts kind of end in interesting ways. Um, Nehemiah, I forgot his name for a second. Nehemiah's text ends like this. So they read the text and the people were grieved. And they're like, well, wait a minute. 
this, this shouldn't make you sad, right? You're, you're, you're not, like, I get it. It's, it's hard to understand um, how am I supposed to live this way. So they kind of uh, offer a summary that I think is, is really, really beautiful. This is the end of the Nehemiah passage. Then Ezra said to them, right? So, <clears throat> well, first he said, The day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people were weeping who had heard the words of the law. Then he said to, him, said to them, Go your way. Eat the fat. Drink the sweet wine. Send portions of them to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So I don't know about the rest of you, but that is inc- incredibly encouraging to me. Like, it's, it's not about having to get it just right. Like, you're, you're never going to kind of just interpret nature and interpret the text on your own in particular, and therefore kind of just have it all together. Instead, we find ourselves like the Jews who have come back to Jerusalem, and they're like, oh, man, this is too much. I can't sort this out. What am I supposed to do? How should I respond in this situation? Have you heard about this? And this is the word of the Lord for us today, I think. Go your way. Eat some fat. That sounds good. Uh, drink some sweet wine. But there's, there is one proviso. Like, while the priest is saying, don't stress out, don't mourn, God's for you, the joy of the Lord is your strength, he does have one proviso there. While you're eating the fat and while you're drinking the wine, it says, be sure that you share some with those nothing's been prepared for. You see, I think that's exactly what Jesus was talking about. When Jesus said that the Spirit was on him, when basically he was claiming to be the Messiah, he said this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Bringing good news to the poor, to me, sounds a whole lot like what Ezra was saying, that eat the fat and drink the wine, but be sure to share with those that nothing's been prepared for. He says, this is Jesus again, He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Which I think is pretty much exactly what the priests were saying to the Jews who had returned to Jerusalem. Go your way. Chill. I get it. You don't understand it all. It's all right. Rest, trust, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength is not something you have to generate. It's not like, mm, I got to get happy. That's, that's you trying to do something, and that will wear you out. <laughs> it's the joy of the Lord is your strength, and I think you'll find the joy of the Lord when you start to trust in God, right? When you love God instead of fear Him. St. Anthony said this, one of the earliest Christian monastics. He said, I no longer fear God. I love him. For true love has cast out all fear. 
And if we can realize just how much we're loved, I think it will fill us with joy, but not release us again from that proviso, that provision that's there, that it's, that it's incumbent upon us to share from what we have, to be the means by which others' needs are um, provided for. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to support us, you can do so by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can leave us a review on iTunes, and if you want to contribute to Oasis financially, you can go to oasischurch.org. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen.